0: Ocean
1: FM. Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lachie Road, Donegal Town. Suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikin air-to-water heat pumps, and all your renewable needs. And sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast. I Donegal, we have done it. It's just fabulous to see him alive and up, and her up
0: The thing about the club is you don't choose your club.
2: Um, it's, it's like family, you just want to get back out on the field, it's just uh, it's, it's in your blood I suppose. And you just want to get out there now and get the games going again.
0: Brian Murray, Thank you. let me shake hands with you, you come in
1: here hobbling. how are you feeling now? Oh I'm alright, I'm alright, I tell nothing but a couple of pints won't do. I'll tell you, you know. He gets a foot behind it, he launches it in, it's over the bar! The wee man from Chipshire! Yes, welcome to the show, the Donegal GA podcast on Ocean FM. Connor Brezen here, coming to you with this week's preview edition. So we've just about settled down as Donegal fans following the Chilconnell men's first win of the season. And what better way to get a first league victory in 2023 than over the All Ireland champions Kerry in a soaking wet McCool Park? Well, the long journey of January is over now, and we must quickly move on as the as the Donegal team travel to Healy Park in Oma to take on one of their biggest rivals, the 2021 All Ireland champions Tyrone. And throw in for that game will be at two o'clock on Sunday with live commentary brought to you on Ocean FM. Well, joining me now on this week's preview show, I'm always delighted to welcome two men who are. Fairly regular to the podcast now, Peter Campbell of the Donegal Democrat and Michael McMullen from Gaelic Life. How are we, gents?
0: Not too bad, Connor. Very good, Connor.
1: It's always good to have you on the show. Well, Peter, we'll start with you, maybe. Uh, I presume on Sunday, following Donegal's victory over Kerry, the hairs were standing on the back of the neck of not only every Donegal fan, but every follower of GA a real underdog story to get the league off and running?
2: Yeah, it was it was a brilliant, uh, brilliant finish to the game as well. Um, um, and I think the huge Donegal crowd there, the, we weren't expecting, I suppose, that many. And they really got value for money in the second half. And, you know, you couldn't buy a finish like uh, what Patrick McBurkey did to cut in from the sidelines. It's not that he... Hasn't done it before. I uh, think Michael would remember. He did it against Derry in the championship a few years ago, and he he, he also did it um, up in Park in and Navan uh, some years ago in a qualifier match as well. And and he would probably do it regular for Corkill Carr. And uh, I, I was t- touched by um, an RTE interview afterwards where um, Mike McCartney was asking asking him about it, and you know the the chance, you know, uh, cutting in and and talking about maybe a Hail Mary and having a go, and uh, Patrick was having none of it. He says, no, he says you couldn't be relying on Hail Marys and times like that. He says you have to practice it. uh, He certainly has practiced it. And, you know, the lift that it gave the crowd um, and the fact that there was only, what, I think, it was 73 minutes and 28 seconds or something that I looked at my watch and there was four, four minutes allotted. So there was only about 20, uh, 32 seconds left and given the kick out. Um, and they still needed uh, Marty O'Reilly to go full length and, and block an effort that was possibly heading for an equaliser. Um, but it was that sort of game. It gave everybody a great lift. And, you know, the county, as you know, were... Nearly on their knees before Christmas with the delay in actually appointing Paddy Carr, um, getting a manager in place, and probably a bit behind the, 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 you know, other counties in preparing for uh, the the new season. And maybe that probably showed during the Dr. McKenna Cup where they had to use so many um, young players and new players in the panel. But, you know, they they prepared them well. and when we arrived in, in, in Bali Buffet on, on Sunday, the expectation wasn't that high and possibly that was a good thing. Um, and then when you look at the team that he had available to him, and even look down through the subs, you know, uh, you, you could see uh, the all the new names that were in there. Um, and it was a huge task to put a team out uh, to play the all Ireland Champions. And not play that well in the first half very nervous gifted them probably one three at least and then come out and you know that passage before half time and after half time to hit seven points to go into the lead and and never let Kerry back ahead of them again it was a fantastic day for all round for Donegal, and it's, it's one that would will, will live in the memory um you know, it's only one day, but it's still it's a, it was a great start for Paddy Carr and for Patrick mcBerty and for the entire Donegal team.
1: And just on that, Peter, from a Donegal perspective, I don't think you would remember better than me the last time really I've ever been as excited as a Donegal fan watching a league game. Maybe it's because of the you know the expectation we had, as you said, appointing the new manager and the absence and retirement of Michael Murphy. And of course we were one six to three down at one point. So it looked like it was going to be a nightmare show of here we go again against the kingdom, but uh, they really proved their worth. And, and the young lads as well, they were awesome and really proved that they're deserving to be on that Donegal team.
2: Yeah. The the enthusiasm that they have, you know, you, you have, and I guess it wasn't the perfect uh, game for those young fellas. Like, uh, young McCulgan, who got man of the match lost a couple of balls in the first half and he learned from it but um Johnny McGrady the same um you know the mistake for the goal there was there were so many things you know that didn't actually go that well for Donegal in the open half but a uh, credit to the management the, the heads never went down um and you know that sort of uh encouragement that the uh, they've uh embedded into them now um and it's a new breed um the, the pace that McCulligan and Conor O'Donnell in particular have um is something we haven't seen for a while. it's it was like um maybe Owen barn going from half back in a, a few um in the last few years and hopefully we'll have him back to to add to that. Uh, running ability because that's I think that is the Donegal game. You have to have pace, and it's very hard to keep as to keep players uh, with that pace. They pick up knocks and they they don't be as effective like, going forward. But like you had the rebirth of, of Darrow Boyle as well, who was excellent in 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 actually um, running the show as as such for Donegal. He was involved in so much. And, you know, the, the placing of Stephen McManaman at centre-half back was a, a real success. So a lot of things went right for them. Um, you know, uh, but I, I would t- temper, it, temper it a little bit in the fact that, uh, you know, it's just one game, but it was so good to see and as opposed to get the, the result at the end. Um, that was the icing on the cake. Because, you know, K- Kerry had, had plenty of chances. They could have won the game as well. Uh, to be fair to them, and you know the fact that they will point out that they were missing uh, quite a few players, and um, I, thought, I thought Jack O'Connor was a little bit ungracious at the end, um, talking about um, a score in the first half. He he didn't even mention it at half time, or didn't didn't point it out to the referees. Then suddenly, when they were beaten, he was on about this point that he felt wasn't a point. Now he was about 150 yards away from the the the, the goal. Um, and I, could, I I don't know how he could be sure whether it was or it wasn't. There was one, actually, in the second half for Kerry, which swung around on the wind as well. And from the press box, you wouldn't know whether it went round behind the post or in front of the post. But, you know, it ended up in, in a wide situation. And as somebody said to me, I think it was Shema Sheeran, yeah, was on to me from Mount on Monday night. This is about um, O'Connor's reaction. He says, um, there's no word about, um, I think it's five years ago down in Tralee, Declan Boner's first game back, a league match that Kerry won by a point, and the winning point was scored after a Kerry forward going through, hopped the ball twice, and, but he got away with it. Um, <laughs> but we, 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 I don't think we'll be giving them, we won't be offering them a replay anyway, that's for sure.
1: That's, that's for sure, anyways. Uh, Michael, obviously from a neutral perspective, You've seen that score before from Patrick McBurthy against Derry. Come at the hour, come at the man. Um, A lot of people were saying that it wasn't his best game and he didn't really show up. But what we remember the big scores at the end of the day and he certainly delivered. On an overall view, what what can we read into this? It is only one game. and Listen, Kerry, we're missing a handful of players as were Donegal. You can only beat what's in front of you. Um, what can we lock into this game
0: I think first of all Connor, even your introduction to our show today says it all about Division 1 like it's the All-Ireland Champions and now it's uh, you know previous All-Ireland Champions this, this weekend so that just sums up Division 1 for me how difficult it is for a start um, the game itself is a huge win for Donegal and I know a lot has been made of what carry we're missing but like Donegal, maybe missing five regulars. You know, obviously, Neil McGee and, and Michael Murphy are gone. You can't count them anymore. But, you know, McFadden Ferry's injured. And then, you know, Oshin Gallon played very little football last year. Nilo O'Donnell him. So, the same. So Donegal were missing a lot of players. And I think that has to be brought into the thing as well. But a huge result and a huge result at home. Um, I'm not a Donegal man, so I don't experience the negativity that people would have been talking about inside the county, but I remember saying in this podcast before Christmas that no matter who the manager is, it's the players inside the dressing room who will decide if he's the right manager or not. And I think that's very important in every single team in any sport across the world. So if the players are happy with the management team that's in there, well then, that's all you need. And I remember chatting to Paddy Bradley over Christmas about a dairy-related thing I was doing, and I just got the vibe off him that he was loving it. And, you know, from watching it, it's maybe not the full story when you're watching it on TV as opposed to when you're at it. You know, obviously Peter was there and when I saw, you know, the patterns of play and stuff, but they seemed to be trying to play with their heads up. You know, and Paddy, as a forward, was was Derry's best ever forward and maybe one of the best forwards to ever play the game. So when you have somebody like that maybe in a management team that's working on runs off the ball and what needs to happen, and uh, I think that's a, a positive. On Paddy McBeardie, um quite rightly, he, all I could think about was wh- when I saw the score was the one that put Derry out of Ulster a few years back. Paddy got three kicks of the ball that day. One was wide, one was blocked, and one was the winner. Remember Jimmy McGuinness talking about Colm Anthony McFadden? Never, ever take him off because he's a wizard. So as much as Christy McKay got an excellent game that day, Paddy McBeardy won it. And I think that score that day in Bally Buffet and the one he scored last weekend, I think that rubber stamps how nervous Derry people were last summer in Clonus. Because as much as they played well, and I remember chatting to Chrissy McKeague about this and he says, you know, you just cannot take your eye off Paddy McBurdy. You know, no matter, you know, there's that element where do you leave your own man to go and put out somebody else's fire? I think with Paddy McBeardy, you can't. You know, how many a forward needs one minute to win a game, and a defender needs seven a.m. whatever time there is to blot out every fire. But, um, and maybe that's like Peter talked about Darrell Wheel there. Like Wheel's been knocking around the panel for a while. I remember him playing against Derry at minor level. He's one of, I think, five or six players who's played every game so far that three, the three games so far this year. So it's maybe a case of Michael's gone. It's really difficult that he's gone and he, he's he was one of the best players ever to play the game as well, and Donegal's best ever player in my opinion. But the rest of them have had to stand up. I highlighted Connor O'Donnell. He scored two fourteen from play last season. Donegal's second top scorer from play. And you know, he's got four points to his name. Um Kaelin McCulgan, what a debut. Like you couldn't you couldn't dream of a debut like that. And I remember chatting to Kevin Gallagher from Downing's one time and he says, watch out for Johnny McGrath; he's some player. And I remember seeing him last year in, in, in the campaign. So a brilliant win for Donegal. And as much as they were missing those experienced players, it's no coincidence that the first, it was the first game of the year for Sean Patton, the first game of the year for kill McMonagall, Jason McGee and Hugh McFadden, I make it. That was a midfield trio. So as much as... Uh, They didn't win any of the McKenna Cup games. It's pre-season. Sundays was when it mattered. They had their three midfield guns there. They had Patton back. And McGrady scored the winner. And I think it's refreshing to see Paddy Carr's interview. I think it's refreshing to see Kevin McStay's interview. That, you know, there is passion there. And when you're a new manager, and look at Colin Meroke and me. When you're coming into a new setup, you need to bring the fans with you. And maybe that's that, you know, Goosebumps thing that Peter is talking about and that you don't experience when you're watching TV, but a huge, huge result for running Gall and one that will give him great confidence this weekend.
1: And touching on Peter's point there, Michael, it, it really shows how difficult the league is. I mean, it is not a situation where you can cough up games lightly. And I know we talked about Kerry being behind the curve, but... It shows that it does matter to Kerry. I mean, you saw Jack O'Connor's rage at the end of the game. I mean, if the league didn't matter, I don't think he would have behaved in the way he did. Now, at the same time, you know, how much do we look into it, you know, after one game? I mean, Kerry started with a draw last year, I think it was, and went on to win the league. So, but it does show the emphasis and the importance on the league this year.
0: I, and that's probably, Conor. That's probably to do with this new this new system where, yeah, the, the, you know, it used to be, and I've heard managers talking on podcasts over this past few weeks of, of that, uh, training block, between the league and the championship that used to have that doesn't exist. So you actually have to, it's, it's probably seamless is the word I'm looking for. It's just again, a couple, couple of weeks league, championship. You know that's it, and that's why momentum may be more important now than ever it was. And maybe now Kerry will see the value of the league more than more than they ever have because it's so close to the championship, and they're all Ireland champions, and they're an excellent team, they're an excellent group of players. But the thing about Kerry Connor, is that as much as like as much as they're to they have a really really strong squad. The strong squad didn't deliver a victory. And I keep going back to it and it's, it's like Donegal, Donegal fielded eight of the Ulster Championship, sorry, eight of the Ulster final team on Sunday. The half a team in terms of you know Donegal's biggest day last year. So that cannot be forgotten, albeit albeit Michael Murphy is one of those and he is gone. So it's every bit as much, you know, uh a weakened team, if you want to use weakened as a pure choice of word, but it's very much half a team for Donegal as much as half a team for Kerry. And and I think Kerry will be disappointed. And then with, what happens if two or three weeks down the lane, Connor and Kerry have no points and you're getting on the phone to Clifford and saying, look lads, we need you back back quicker Mm -hmm. than we thought. And all of a sudden you realise that maybe your panel's not as strong as it was, but, um, I'd say they'll not worry too much in carry The at the moment. will well, Donegal, people get too carried away, but it's it's a great start so far for Donegal.
1: Yeah, and Peter, I think the biggest take out besides the win on Sunday was just the sheer determination. I mean, of course, when we looked at Paddy, kicked that winning point, you know, the place was going bananas. But even Donegal, the style of play they were playing, because I think we saw... Last year from start to finish in 2022 under Declan, a very methodical way of playing over and back where they really tried to get forward and the pace of the young players was huge. And then to top that off, we now hear that, you know, we have the return of of Padre Mogan and and players coming back from injury, etc.
2: Yeah, it's it's very refreshing, as you say, last year and just before that, maybe just to touch on 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 the Kerry situation and Jack O'Connor. I, I thought he was very ungracious um, in in defeat on Sunday. You know, Kerry are are, are 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 should be better than that, and even Peter Keane before him. I remember um, the qualifier match uh, that we drew in Crow Park. Um, And he was very, very, you know, uh, ungracious, you know, in the the press interview afterwards. And, you know, uh, uh, Kerry have won everything that, you know, they won the league last year. Uh, And they do put a lot into the league, all right. But, you know, they could learn to, you know, to be a little more gracious in defeat as well. Were Um, were
1: they always like that, Peter, in terms of? Because they don't lose
2: easily, so they don't carry. There there, there would be an arrogance there, you know. And, you know, it's... It's it's not that nice to, to to watch, you know. Sometimes and and I suppose I I would have experienced it in the press room afterwards and a little bit condescending at times and that's you know they could be better than that and because you know uh, they have they have won plenty, but as as for Donegal on Sunday and you saying them being refreshing, yes, it certainly was that. There was there um, was an urgency to get the ball forward a bit quicker. I thought, and I think that's because of these the younger brigade that are in there. They have the legs to do it, and they're obviously being encouraged by management to do it as well. Um, and I was talking to Paddy Carr um, on Tuesday, um, and he he seemed really up to you know giving them their head. Um, and he said, they won't be discouraged if they make a mistake. He says, he says the, 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 they'll be um, encouraged to do the things that they can do. and if they make a mistake, they they won't be berated for it. It'll It'll mean that they'll just they'll just learn from the mistakes. they'll know themselves if they make a mistake. And you, you were talking about young McCulgan and, and and Mark Corn as well, who probably had, you know a tough baptism in the first half. But he really came good in the second half, and like that—that's his first big game for Donegal um, at, at, at senior ranks. And like he's been around for a while and been uh, impressing for Donegal as well, very consistent. Um, as for McCulgan, like we did see that he was quite good against down in Uri and the McKenna Cup and he's been playing Sigerson and he's obviously got himself into great shape. And he lo- he looks when you see him afterwards in the interview beside Patrick McBertie, he looks like a an under 16, you know. Very, <laughs> uh, it was um it was uh, it, that interview afterwards like it was class to see the two. He was nearly looking up to Patrick beside him, um, you know, in awe, um, why am I here? sort of thing. But you know his final remark was that uh, all to do is to keep this jersey and you know and that's you know that, that's great to see. And uh, you mentioned about young McGrady like he looks to a, he looks like a player that has the skill level to play at that you know at, at, at senior county level, probably needs to spend a little more time in the gym. Um, he, he seems a bit slight yet. Um, but that that will come, uh, uh, and like he's he, he's playing Sigursen as well, and he's getting used to that high level of, of of competition. And he covered every blade of grass and took one unmercy unmerciful uh, rap as well um, in the second half, but got up and played on afterwards. Uh, you know he'll have learned a lot from that game as well, and you know. Um, we talk about Conor O'Donnell. I know he's been around now for a couple of years. But, you know, he, he really steps up to the mark and he seems to have done the work in the gym. And he's the one player now He's that and he, he could unlock a defence with one just one one turn and he has the pace to get away. And he, he has never been afraid, even in, in the last few years, he has never been afraid to take on the shot. And I, I'm sure he'll be encouraged even more now. He has left and right foot, so you know he's going to be a a, a big player for Donegal going forward.
1: We didn't talk about it, Peter, uh, since it was announced. Patrick mcburty as captain was that a surprise mm. to you? Uh, it wasn't a surprise. Uh, I, I I thought that
2: um, I suppose initially the word was Owen Bon, Hugh McFadden were probably leading. Well, Hugh had been vice captain to yeah. Michael Murphy. Um, Kieran Thompson had been mentioned in the fact that he had uh, captained um Lief Connell to county to, to, to the county championships as well uh, but Patrick um in his own way he'd be a different captain um he captained Kilcar uh, a number of years ago when they won the championship and he probably had one of his best ever seasons in 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 the in the Kilcar jersey and, and now he doesn't have many bad ones in the Kilcar jersey but i'd say um the way he led the line that time um he would have been regarded before before that probably as a player um more individual sort of player that you know you give him the ball and and he didn't he didn't really expect to get it back because he was going to go for a score um that season he actually became a leader on on and off the field for them and he brought a lot of players into, into play, which surprised me uh, that year, um, I have to say. Um, and I thought he was a very, very good club captain. And we can only say what we've seen so far. Um, he's he's taken the role of county cha- uh, captain in his stride. And um, he certainly will be his own man. That's for sure, Patrick. You're not going to change him. And you can see that in the interviews after the Kerry game and he, um, uh, any of the interviews he's given so far, um, like he's he 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 will um, he will talk to people, um, but you know he's going to be his own man. And he says it's he he says that there's plenty of other uh, leaders in the squad as well, and uh, obviously the two Kelly Begg are vice captains. So you know there's a lot of experience in in, in that end
1: of it. There's a new there's a new role for him in terms of playing 14 as well. Like Michael, would that be different from playing in the corner in terms of there might be long ball coming in on top of you or there could be balls in the corner that you have to run out in front of or run straight in front of in, down through the centre rather than sitting in the corner and coming on the loop as he often does? Does he have to adapt to that or is there much of a difference?
0: I don't think it will change too much. I think probably aesthetically, it's the fact he's he's the first man to wear the number fourteen jersey in a, in a long time. I, I don't know how long, but uh, I, I, I don't think there's any option, all all for him to be captain. To be fair, and especially the way he wins games, you know, whenever whatever it's needed. But no, I, I see him playing the same role because Michael probably played more of the football around midfield anyway, further out. So I can't see that changing, and. Um, even from with Paddy Bradley being involved, he was that type of player who took the ball in the loop. So we can just imagine that that'll just be Copperfat same type, get the ball, get in the right space. It'll probably be up to other counties, you know, Tyrone this weekend, I would imagine we'll have somebody standing in that pocket and say, Paddy, to stop that. So to answer your question, I can't see that changing. And I suppose the likes of... Um, You know, with Connor O'Donnell in there, Jamie Brennan, and, you know, maybe Oshin Gallon if he comes back to play and say, I think we've we've plenty of options. You know, but uh, probably the big test will be further down the track that Michael Murphy's not there as a supplier to Patrick. Maybe that'll be the issue. But I I couldn't imagine Paddy Carr changing Paddy's role too much, to be honest.
1: You see, I was listening across platforms trying to do my homework off individuals who know better than I do. And it's funny when Patrick McBurty comes up, last point on him, and uh, it'd be interesting to get both your views on it. But we know the talent he has. We know how long he's been around. I think, Peter, you could correct me on it. I think it's 12 years now. Uh, He played minor and senior on the one day in championship and really burst onto the scene, for want of a better word. But still a lot of people think that there's still more to come out of him, and they haven't seen the best out of him.
2: I was hard to know whether. Yeah, I'd say he'd be. That's the way he'd be looking at it himself because he's a super confident type of guy, and he would think that he has plenty left in him yet. Um, his, his big strength is actually winning ball. He has to seek, um, and that uh, if you give him the right ball, he will he'd win it. Um, and he, he does have the ability to to brush off a defender, uh, even the even the most sticky defender. And and you know the, the left foot. It's funny uh, as a forward, like he's probably one of the few left now that's still doing it at the very very top level. Um, with just possibly just what was just the left leg. Like, he rarely uses the right. Never. Um, uh, you know you, you, you the, most of the top forwards are are two footed um but he has the confidence in, in that left foot um and i don't think that'll ever change because they, um he's not the type of guy that's you know that, uh, that that that's ever going to lose that confidence he knows he can do it and um he has the physique and the um uh, the physical ability to to keep a, a forward a defender at bay while while he does that and you know um, he's been doing it for so long now, and uh, there's who can stop him when
1: it, when it really matters. Michael, is there more to say from him?
0: I, well, like to be honest, like Shane McGuigan and Gerard McKernan are the only two players to have scored more than him in Ulster last year. He scored 449, 423 from play. That's a lot of scoring. But I think Paddy McBirdie probably suffered from the fact of the type of football that was in played to curb. A Paddy McBearly. Um imagine what, what he would have been able to do like the early when before the game closed down that wee bit more um, I would think probably himself, now that he is the captain now that he is the most experienced player, now he's the only person on the panel to have an all-earned medal I would. I, I don't know him personally but I would imagine there would be another conversation there where I'm going to be the best forward in Ulster this year, I'm going to set my target hey I, I'm, I'm I'm guessing here and he thinks there's more to, more to give and there's no better opportunity than the year that Murphy has retired to say to himself look that's everybody talking about Paddy McBeardie at the end of the year as a man, I hope we're not but from <laughs> Paddy McBeardie personally I can imagine that's a conversation he'd be having with himself I would say he thinks he's far from finished
1: Absolutely looking at Tyrone Michael Ross common beaten Tyrone um it probably surprised a lot of people in, uh, including myself i know what, what what the big thing i took out of it was i know the ross common manager davy burke he, you see he made a lot of comments there at the at the start of the season about his own team you know in regards to their fitness and their shape and how they needed to buck up for league and championship and then they go out and they do that against the uh, 2021 all ireland champions Big surprise.
0: Yeah, it was a surprise from that point I did now I know Tyrone were they're they're on their par, they're not performing that well at the moment, but um it's a wee bit like Ballard Buffet being like a fortress. You know, Tyrone have a brilliant record over Roscommon and for a wee while it looked as if that was going to continue. Uh they've shipped uh six goals in the last two games, which would be an alarming statistic. Like they've they've only conceded uh, 12 scores, a game, sorry, 14 scores a game, but three of them have been goals. And you're going to struggle in any day of the week to concede that amount of goals. Um, and that's something that I'm sure be, they'll be, they'll definitely be concerned about. And I'm sure that's high up their analysis and, and, and chats this week. But um, probably isn't as big a shock as everybody's making it out to be because, like, I saw Russ coming up close last year against Derry. You know, and they're, they're an excellent team. And when they're playing in the league final at Croke Park, like they kick some tremendous scores. And they have they they do play a nice style of football. Uh, I probably made thrown favourites just as I say, just on that record over them. And I thought there might have been a kick in them after the McKenna Cup final because they conceded 3-11 against Derry. But the concerning thing from a Toronto point of view is that but for Benny Gallon in the first half, it could have been a, a real hammering session, you know. And that, and sometimes, as you as well know, when there is a bad day, there's usually a, a kickback. And uh, I, I only saw the highlights of the game, but you know, some of the defending was questionable. Like they seemed seem to Ross seemed to suck them out of shape, and then yeah. just hit them. That one pass and open them up. Particularly um,
1: that second goal from Enda Smith. Yes, like all but, the players just went to, to towards the ball and just left pockets of space for Ross Common to to score. I think it was Enda Smith. Yeah, got the, got the passing.
0: Uh, so that's a uh, it's, it's certainly a concern because I think whenever anybody mentions Tyrone, the first thing you will think about, you know, in the here and now, is that they were all Ireland champions a couple of years ago, and then that common trait where they never seem to defend it very well. And as as somebody from outside to Rome, like if you've got beaten quite convincingly by Derry and then quite convincingly by Armagh, to shorten your season, like motivation and you know yourself that the, the hung you know, the, the wounded animal, the next year you think that there should be absolutely no problem getting motivated for it. Um so you automatically thought there was going to be a kickback. Like, the night they drew with Derry in the McKenna Cup, now, it was only the McKenna Cup, but Tyrone were streets ahead at half time. And as much as they were outplayed for much of the second half, they had two chances to put Derry out of sight. And if they had took to either of them, the game was over, and Derry wouldn't have been nowhere near the final, obviously. They would have been gone. And I just remember seeing the Tyrone players walking down the tunnel and all Begg that night, and just the looks on their faces were like, Gobsmacked that they had missed the chance to kill off that game, and then the, the the mechanical final was just you know it was it was very very convincing for Derry to be fair, but I think you have to you know I, I'm always loathe to talk about poor performance but sometimes you always have to talk about the other team when they were left. to Derry Rexham didn't night? So it's it, it it is a worry, but it's a wee bit like the Kerry thing, it's a wee bit like the Donegal thing. It's only one game. Like we've played four games, but only one of them has been in the league. You know, uh, you know that's that's the bottom line. There's only two points have gone at this stage, and uh, I think this weekend probably is the big game of the of the league because of obviously, if you're going into the break and need no points, then you maybe panic a wee bit more. But I think maybe the worry too, lads, with with Toronto is like as as we spoke a wee while ago about Donegal, you know, you're you're chatting into the time you had in Oshin Gallon and, and 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 uh Niall O'Donnell or whatever, Patter Bogan, you're maybe into seven or eight players. Raz with Throne, Liam Rafferty, Ronan McDee. That's really all they really have that haven't played so far. Like Ben McDonald's in Australia, Rory Brennan. Rory Brennan has left the panel, I believe. Conor McKenna's away. So they haven't that much more to, to give in Terms of personnel, so that maybe is a concern, but maybe when you concede six goals over two games, it's a perfect chance to take out the, the video, the videos, and the and, and, and the analysis and go to town on why those goals are conceded and think to yourself, right? Donegal's coming on Sunday, let's really hone in on this. And it's to sort of Add to that, that angle that I'm talking about. Derry scored five goals against Clare. And Kieran Malloy said in an interview, I can't remember who it was with, to be honest. I like credit and who it was. I can't remember what podcast it was. But he said that uh, they studied every one of those goals in detail because of the simple fact Derry scored five goals in the last game. And they were able to shut Derry down because they had went to town. So maybe, maybe that's where Tyrone advantage will be coming into Sunday that they will have forensically dissected the last two games to an inch their lives and that gives them the chance to find out well here's exactly what we need to do and come Sunday evening they have zero points then the worry starts but for now they've got a chance to, to dig it out
1: Absolutely. Peter, you've been at enough all Tyrone games down through the years, and there's no love lost there. But as Michael touched on it there, I mean, six goals in two games, very un Tyrone like so it is. I think really the the question mark over Tyrone is how can they redeem themselves from an awful 2022 campaign? And then, look, we know it's only one game uh, against Common, but you know, six goals in two in two games is is serious, and a lot of people are now looking at Tyrone and saying, "Well, you know, how much can we read into that twenty twenty one season?" There was a lot of there was a lot of narratives around it, and maybe they are just a mid card team.
2: Uh, I wouldn't think so. I think they're still one of the the top teams. I think this this may only be a uh, I think it's only a temporary blip because they they, they have they have plenty of talent there. Um, maybe maybe they've gone a little stale of, prior to Christmas and, and 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 during the Dr McKenna Cup. But uh, as Michael said, there like there were there were only maybe a kick of the ball away from knocking Derry out of the Dr McKenna Cup up and beg and like there were only a kick of the ball of knocking Tyrone out of that game last week when they were a goal up and and botched another goal opportunity, yeah. which would have put them two up. And Rush Common went up the field and. Got their for for score. Got their second goal instead, and we're back in the match. So you know, small margins. Um, obviously they, they didn't finish well, and as Michael says, have conceded three goals in uh, in consecutive matches. That's something that uh, they'll hone in on uh, during the week, and um, you wouldn't expect them to be uh, letting three goals in against Donegal. And that would be. Um, Bonus territory for Donegal if they got three goals uh, this Sunday. Like the Donegal were able to beat Kerry without scoring a goal. Um, 13 points is a, a, a good enough return for a, a new look team. And 12 of those points from play, which you know would be encouraging for any team. And Sean Patton nailed a 45 um, I I don't know. I'm not sure he might have scored one more, but he's missed uh, an awful lot of the the place the ball efforts that he he had over the last number of years. And he's such a good kicker of a dead ball. You know, he could become an asset because Michael Murphy was actually taking those forty fives. So uh, Sean Patton will be the man to step up now. And if he, he could match. Uh, the Tyrone keeper and the Monaghan keeper's efforts, you know, um, if you, if you were able to, to contribute one or two or three points a match, wouldn't that be a, a brilliant addition to Donegal as well? But uh, going, getting back to Tyrone, um, the Tyrone Donegal rivalry has probably been the biggest of any counties over the last, uh, what, 15, 20 years. Just saw on the program last week where um, um Neil McGee actually in his 194 games for Donegal, he played 26 times against Tyrone. <laughs> and I'd say Crazy. he enjoyed every one of them. And uh, you would have loved to have Neil McGee with you going to Healy Park and Oma um on Sunday next. He seemed to thrive on on games against Tyrone. Um maybe, maybe he should be brought into the final training squad uh, session for Donegal, maybe um, <laughs> on, on, b- before they before they head off to home, he would give them a few tips on how to play against, against her own. But, you know, Donegal will go, and um, Paddy Carr told me, he said, what they want to do is they want to replicate what they did in the second half against Kerry. Um, if they're able to do that, he says, um, the result will look after itself. He won't be worried about the result. He wants to get them to, to perform like they did in the second half. And uh, if they do that, and they can do that for a full game, like he'd be happy regardless of the result. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a refreshing way of, of going. And I suppose having two points in the bag takes the pre- a little bit of pressure off Donegal any goal, and they can go and express themselves. And that's what you'd hope they would do on Sunday.
1: Final point on Tyrone, and then I'll get your predictions because I know you both have to go, lads. Um, I suppose the thing about Tyrone, which I look at, is that they do have great players. As Peter, you said, they're, they're probably going through just a, a a bit of a stale patch at the moment. But they have fantastic players, especially in that full forward line. But it seems from the way that Tyrone play in their defensive shape, their methodical over and back and trying to break lines by running and not kicking the ball into players like Dirk Hanavan and lads like that, they don't get the best out of their key inside forwards. So they don't... And if you were... A full-back like Brendan McCall or, or Keelan Ward. Ideally, probably the best game you'd, you'd want to play is against Tyrone, the Tyrone forwards, because you know the ball isn't going to come in that often to you. So you know you're not you're not hoping for these long balls to come in.
2: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I suppose uh, 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 Tyrone do play a, a lateral type of game, but. They like to break quick as well, and I suppose it'll be interesting to see how Donegal set up. Um, you would hope that you know Donegal would be progressive in the fact that you know maybe a wee bit ambitious um, in, in taking them on. Um, whether whether um, whether they can withstand, the, the, I think there's going to be a Tyrone backlash. Um, if they can if they can keep them at bay for 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 the first half, I think they can have a real go at them. But as I said, uh, as Paddy Carr said, and I'd I'd be of the same opinion. If if I could see Donegal playing with that sort of a freshness and enthusiasm and spirit that they had in the second half, when when they they won ball back and they and they attacked it at pace, if they if they keep doing that. If they come out of Haiti Park with a draw, I'd be very, very happy. But I'd be more happy if I can see them playing the way they played in the second half last week because they need that progression going forward and, and those young players will improve all the time. And, you know, they have a breakdown to Monaghan uh, in two weeks' time. And by that stage, they'll probably have some of their uh, players that are, are um, rehabbing. Some of them will probably be available again. And they'll only get stronger and stronger after that.
1: Absolutely. Michael, final point. We'll start with you. Who's going to win on Sunday? Um,
0: tough game. Important game. Uh, if you look at Donegal scoring, they've scored 13 points, they've scored 2-7, and they've scored one ten, which isn't a massive scoring, um, you know, across their three games. Uh, Tyrone, obviously. I think Peter nailed it there as well. They were very close to one in their common game. You know, maybe... You know, maybe one one play away from from putting them away. So I wouldn't I wouldn't rule them out. Uh, I wouldn't definitely wouldn't rule them out on the game itself. Uh, I can't see it being very high scoring. I uh, wouldn't rule out a draw. Definitely wouldn't rule out a draw. And I can't see I can't see Tron losing it. Um. So they'll, they'll either sneak it or a draw for me. Um. And it's just maybe it's maybe in the strength, I maybe just buy into the fact that it's not all doom and gloom with true. And I think if, if, this is if's a big word, if they can hone in on those goal chances and stamp those ones out, it'll, it'll be a battle and they might just get a draw out of it.
1: Okay, very interesting. Peter, are Donegal, can they kick on from their victory over Kerry? Are we still taking on the world and going to win the? League Ulster and All Ireland. What's your predictions for Sunday?
2: Uh after one game, you know, they're on a high at the moment. Uh, and they're in a good place to go to go to Tyrone. Um, I'd be very much thinking along the same lines as Michael, in the fact that, that I think Tyrone will be difficult um to beat on Sunday. Um I'd be happy, very happy if it's if, if Donegal can play with that bit of freshness that bit of uh, attack not afraid to have a go when they get uh, within range and if, if if I come away with a point from Haiti Park i would be very very happy and I think, I think Donegal would be as well all of Donegal would be
1: uh, Final thing Peter what, what do we know up in Donegal um, we know Pater Mogan's coming back any other news on the front is there word that Ryan McHugh might be out for a longer period of time where are we on the player front
2: we don't know as such. Um, we haven't got an update in, in uh, the player, the the, the injuries. I w- I'm told that a, that a number of them will be back on the pitch doing serious training after this weekend. Um, and you would hope that you would have maybe two or three more back for the Monaghan game. Um, th- that's the position at the moment. There's, there's no um, individual um uh, um information coming out um and I think that's I think that's part of the course with a lot of counties now with um, gdpr and everything uh, they don't want to um layers obviously are individuals and they don't want their medical information maybe out in the public eye um so as suppose we'll have to we'll have to wait and see but um, I think for 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 this weekend, anyway, it'll probably be the same panel as was in on uh, Sunday. So, but after that, uh, Paddy Carr said he would be hopeful of having a few more bodies back uh, and available for selection.
1: Well, that's it, Peter Campbell of the Donegal Democrat and Michael McMullen from Gaelic, Gaelic Life. It's always brilliant to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for your time. We'll let you go, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, lads. Cheers. Thanks and that's the end of the show. My thanks once again to Peter Campbell of the Donegal Democrat and Michael McMullen of Gaelic Life. Remember, you can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A huge thanks to our sponsors, Donegal Plumbing and Heaton, Old Lahey Road, Donegal Town, to Austin O'Callaghan on production who always fires at the show in rapid time. And of course, to you, our loyal listeners. Remember... Donegal v Tyrone this Sunday at two o'clock in Healy Park in Omah. and we will have live commentary for you from Paddy McGill on Ocean FM. But from me, Conor Breslin, I'll say bye for now and talk to you next week. Take care. Ocean FM. Donegal Plumbing and Heating, Old Lahir Road, Donegal Town, suppliers of underfloor heating packages, aluminium radiators, Samson and Daikon, air to water heat pumps and all your renewable needs and sponsors of the Donegal GAA podcast.